Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of 16 Minutes. I'm Sonal, your host, and this is our show where we talk about the news, what's in the headlines, tease apart what's hype, what's real, and where we are on the long arc of innovation. And today we're covering the online multiplayer game Among Us, which has become a bit of a viral phenomenon. Now, of course, that alone is not what makes news, but what happened earlier this week, however, is that a U.S. politician, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. AOC, played a round of Among Us on Twitch with multiple players. So that's a quick note for why it's in the news. And our expert is A6NZ partner Jonathan Lai, who covers gaming in the consumer team and was formerly at Riot Games and before that at Tencent. So first thing, John, break it down for me. Why does this matter? Give me the big picture. Give me the small picture. Start with like the numbers and the stats. So Among Us is a massive cultural phenomenon. So it's like over 60 million people are playing this game every day. And that's just a staggering number. There's been 100 million downloads of this game. And I think um, the most recent record that was broken was 3 million people concurrently logged in at exactly the same time. And so just for scale, that number surpassed PUBG's record. PUBG is one of the most popular sort of Battle Royale games, 400,000 concurrent players mm-hmm. online at the same time. Fortnite, back in 20, 2018, it reached 200 million plus downloads, you know, less than 100 million of which were probably active in any given month. And Among Us is right up there. And this is something which isn't even widely available on all of the platforms yet. It's not on any of the consoles. You know, it's not on, you know, Nintendo Switch, for example. And so, you know, we're still in the early innings. And as you mentioned just two days ago, representatives AOC and, and Ilhan um, played Among Us to an audience of over 400,000 concurrent viewers. It might actually be a bit higher than that number. Yeah, the stream peaked at 439,000 views, which made it actually the third highest viewed single stream in Twitch's history. I think the first was when Drake and Travis Scott played Fortnite. Yeah, I, I think it's a cultural moment similar to when, like, when Travis Scott went into Fortnite and, and gave a concert when, uh, when Ninja and Drake first played Fortnite uh, together back in 2018 and, and catapulted that game to sort of the viral popularity that it's been. It's no longer just a video game at this point in time. It's become part of pop culture. You have folks from elementary school kids who are playing this during recess. My wife is actually a huge Among Us gamer, and she has this circle of moms that will vent about their kids while they're playing Among Us. The diversity of the people that are playing is, is, re- is really staggering. Um, you even have lapsed older gamers, one of my favorite stories, people that played arcade games back in like the 1970s and 80s, and they haven't touched games in like 30, 40 years. And now for the first time, they're back and they're playing Among Us with their grandchildren and, 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 and their kids. So let's break down that trend that it's all about social gaming. Among Us is different than other social video games like Fortnite. It's more similar to a party game like Werewolf. To me, it reminds me of Mafia, which my family plays at Thanksgiving every year. So the way the game works, you can have four to 10 players. They can be local, distributed, strangers, people you know that all play a game together. And the general context is that you're on a spaceship or like a space station and there is an alien among us. That's sort of a high level summary. Can you break down more of the trend and the underlying gaming mechanics? Because you've made the argument that much of gaming is social. You've actually used the phrase, it was the title of a previous episode of the A6NZ podcast, to come for the game, stay for the party. So essentially stay for the social network. So what is different about this then versus others? 
What makes this type of gameplay so special? And like you, you correctly identified that this has existed before as a, as a party game and, and Mafia and Werewolf, and this is now sort of a video game incarnation of it, is that it is first and foremost like a social activity. It's like a social hangout. And one of the um, sort of core design principles for cloud-native games is that you can quickly jump into a cloud game by clicking on a link, for example, without any install times, patches, downloads, etc., the core game activity here is actually just talking. You know, it's not it's not a shooting game. There's no jumping. There's no, like, dice rolling. The way you advance the game is by talking to other people in town hall meetings where everyone tries to guess who the imposter is among us. It forces you to have these sort of high-stress high confrontations and debates. We're seeing them in, in moments of duress, like they're about to get voted off the spaceship. And so people are like, accusing each other, there's a fair amount of bluffing and lying that's going on. And as a result, you actually really get to know the personalities, the people that you're playing with, because the game sort of forces you to have conversation with each other. And so I've actually gotten to know some of the strangers that I've played Among Us with online better than some of the real-life friends that I haven't seen in months due to the pandemic. Like a coworker of mine was actually joking that Among Us sometimes feels like another Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so what's made Among Us different from other video games is that it is social first and then video game second. That's really fascinating because it kind of inverts your line from last time, which is not come for the game, stay for the party, but come for the party, stay for the game, <laughs> which is why I have all these friends pinging, asking about other games they can play, which is fantastic. So Among Us is free to play on, you know, all kinds of devices. You can play it on iOS, you can play it on Android, you can play it on PC. It costs $5 to play on PC and the mobile version has ads. But what's really neat is if the host pays $2 for the ad-free version, then the game will be free for the entire party. Is that a common payment model in games or is that unusual? It's, um, it's not as common as you would think, but it makes complete sense when you think about the, the, the social incentives and how things are aligned there, right? Historically, with free-to-play games, which you could say Among Us is an evolution of, you're paying for power. So, um, you know, you might pay to get like a better weapon or a better like, you know, vehicle to drive around in. What happens there is that um, it actually unbalances the game for other people that didn't pay. I'm a more skilled player, but you, you, might, be, you might be better at the game than me simply because you spent $5 and have like a better weapon. What Among Us does is it actually kind of on its head and it's like i actually want you to spend money because by doing so like the entire party benefits so it's sort of rewarding generosity which i think not enough games think about doing yes. it's a very powerful human desire that um is not rewarded enough when it comes to sort of monetization schemes right first of all the phenomenon you described it's essentially pay to play and, and kevin chu chris dixon and i talked about it on a previous episode of the a6 and z podcast and about how it created all kinds of weird incentive mm-hmm. problems in the industry for publishers, for players, for, for super players, for new players, et cetera. But second, yes, your point that it incentivizes generosity is exactly what struck me as rather interesting because it is default social to your earlier point. It's literally the equivalent of somebody buying snacks for their friends and having people over to hang out. Okay. The tipping point, the news moment in this is the fact that a major politician played on air. We've talked about other similar phenomena in the past, Fortnite and Star Wars, TikTok, you know, various other games in the past. Let's now tease apart, as is the premise of the show, what's hype, what's real. And the fact is that Among Us technically has been around since 2018, so over two years. Mm-hmm. And sure, the pandemic effect plays an effect, but what are the thoughts on why now? Like, why is this a viral yeah. phenomenon now? That's a great question. One of the key things that people overlook 
Like they noted it, it started taking off on live streamers, started playing it earlier this year. But if you peel the onion back one there, what actually happened was that it wasn't just about one live streamer playing it. Um, it was actually about multiple live streamers playing it together at the same time. And don't understand why this is a big deal on live streaming platforms. You typically have like one streamer playing a game and then talking to their audience. But due to the fact that Among Us actually required a group of people talking with each other, it wasn't possible to play it as just like a single streamer. You had to party up. So the net effect is that you actually have up to 10 popular streamers with wildly different personalities and audiences playing together in the same game and they're combining their audiences in a way that's rarely seen before. And then that's what's special about it. It's that it's the inter-streamer collaboration. Among Us is one of the first games that really emphasize streamers playing with each other, not just playing for an audience. That's a, a subtle shift that people overlook that's really important and why this took off. Right. Some of the streamers are like Soda Poppin, Ninja, Shroud. What you said about combining audiences is really significant. And, you know, Nathan Grayson at Kotaku, in a New York Times article observed that it's almost as if it's designed for streamers to play off one another so that they all have their streams on separate channels. This goes to your point about the separate audiences speculating in the chat about which person is an imposter. And in fact, I know a lot of friends who set up discords to talk about like some of this stuff on Clubhouse. There's multiple Among Us rooms every night. And it's interesting because Among Us has over 3.3 million followers on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And by comparison, Fortnite has over 3.7 million, which is quite close. That's a great observation that we've actually talked about a lot. It's just this concept of um, like, what is the next generation like reality TV show? Ooh, interesting. American Idol like these shows where essentially there's, there's a voting component and, you know, people are performing, you know, on a stage in front of an audience. Um, Among Us has a little bit of that vibe, right? Where um, you're watching streamers that you follow, like people that you like, you know, kind of facing up against each other. And it's, it's a contained sort of episodic setting, just like a reality TV show. And people are performing in front of you and, one of you might have a guess as to who the imposter is, and then you're screaming, no, no, not, not that other person. So it has a little bit of that magic of um, having a lot of people tuning in concurrently to the same sort of um, experience and then sharing it together, like kind of a, a communal live shared experience. It's something which in the pandemic we're actually short of, right? Because like, we don't have our traditional sources of live shared experience. Like, we don't go to school, like exactly. many of us are not in the office or missing church, for example. Um, you know, sporting events. And so Among Us actually sort of neatly fits that gap. But I think like this, this is easily behavior that we could expect to persist beyond. One of the questions I was going to ask you is whether this is a temporary pandemic effect. And it sounds like you're saying that there's a very good chance it could persist. I mean, for sure, it's a gateway drug for people who weren't previously into gaming. So that alone is done. But the other thing that I think is really fascinating is that the developer, Inner Sloth, was going to release Among Us 2 this fall, and they actually held off on that. And they're instead baking in the, some of the new features, new stage, other things into the earlier version, which is a lot harder to do than rolling out a new game. I think it's a smart move. Instead of making a new game, doubling down in this game and building um, what we in the industry call live operations around it. They talked about this in their roadmap. Like they're planning to build chat, like better matchmaking, account management, how many times you've been an imposter and your win-loss record, et cetera. What are other practical considerations when it comes to startups, incumbents, or broader implications for the industry? How do you think about this phenomenon in that context? Yeah. So the gaming industry is notorious for having a lot of copycats. The debate right now amongst the 
the core game developer community is not if Among Us will be copied, but actually like when the first sort of legitimate copycats will arrive and what will happen. And if you look at um, if you look at history, for example, just last year, um, there was a new phenomenon called auto chess, which was pioneered by an indie developer called Droder. His first game, which is very innovative, you have um, Star Wars style chess that sort of plays itself out. You know, brilliant idea. Um, it was quickly copied by not one, but like multiple companies like Valve, Riot, Tencent, all made copycats. And those copycats ended up being way more successful than the original, unfortunately. Like you need, you need a platform. You need live ops, as I mentioned, um, through which you can regularly update your game. You need services around it in order to build a community. Like the chat that I mentioned, the matchmaking, that's all critically important. Like right now, there are no profiles, so you can't actually even look up a friend and see what they've been doing in the game. Um, all of these things are, are things that are, are features of a larger platform um, that, that the Valves and the Riots, the Epics, the Tencents of the world have. And so um, the playbook for a lot of these larger platforms is that they just look for innovation from the indies. And then unfortunately, they copycat that and just roll it out across their platform. It's kind of interesting because it reminds me of Alex Rampel's quote that the battle between every startup and incumbent down comes down to whether the startup gets distribution before the incumbent gets innovation. And what I'm hearing you say <laughs> is that the indies don't necessarily always have the broad platforms. They may have distribution in the moment, but the incumbent, which already has distribution, can borrow the indies innovation and then quickly add in these features that the others cannot then quickly do. If we rip off of Alex's point, I think the question here is, can InnoSloth sort of build, um, they have distribution already, but can they build the sort of community, the platform faster than the Googles, the Tencents, the Epics of the world? So bottom line it for me, John, how would you sum up the trend of Among Us, which has had a bit of a cultural tipping point? Why now? How, you know, how would you bottom line it? So some people have called Among Us a, a watershed moment for games. And while that might be true from sort of a pop culture awareness perspective, the reality is that games have been steadily growing for quite some time. And I think Among Us is just one continuation of that trend. Fortnite introduced gaming to over 250 million sort of young Gen Z players back in 2018. You know, they're growing up lifelong gamers. You know, the pandemic that hit earlier this year like brought families together and, and they needed things to do together at home. And so many of them turned, uh, turned to video games. And so we have... You know, grandparents, mothers, fathers that otherwise wouldn't have played video games that are, that, are, that are playing games. The net effect of this is that the pace at which we've seen large hits in games has accelerated so quickly. So you had Fortnite in 2018. The last game of similar scale before that was probably uh, Pokemon Go in 2016. So there was like a two to three year gap. But now in just the span of like the last year, we've seen Auto Chess in 2019, we've seen Apex Legends, Warzone, you know, three games hit tens of millions of, of, of new players. And in 2020 alone, we had Fall Guys in the spring, which was a, a, a huge viral sensation as well. And now Among Us in the summer. And these new game hits are just coming faster than ever. And so I think it's the latest data point and it's sort of a tsunami of of gaming hits, <laughs> which I, I expect to continue and accelerate. Well, thank you so much for joining this segment of 16 Minutes, John. Thank you.